Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm gonna be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also gonna be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ad gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm Jen, your host, and today I'm super stoked to be introducing you to Digi Shujahi, and she is currently managing companies in India and Dubai from the Philippines. Digi, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and all of the details. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. And great introduction, by the way. You got my name right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we didn't practice at all, right? No, there was no practicing <laughs> at all. Definitely not. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much. Um, I don't know where to begin when you said tell us a little bit about yourself because like you said, I am currently based in Philippines, but I've been in UAE, Dubai all my life. Almost grew up there, almost born there, but my mom didn't give that chance. She went back to India to have me. So I'm an Indian, but I've uh, been in Dubai, all Abu Dhabi all my life. Grew up there and, you know, started. So, so what happens is we are Indians, normally us Indians, especially South Indians, we're all asked to follow or most of us are supposed to follow a particular path and it was no different for me and my life so my parents had set a path for me you finish your studies you're supposed to be doing and when we say studies it's always a professional degree so it should either be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer so it was like very clear on the kind of career choices that you can make and after that no matter what your degree you are supposed to get married and, and it would be an arranged marriage most 90% of the times. In spite of the fact that I was raised in a different country, a country which is very liberal with a multicultural hot pot, in spite of that, I too followed the same norms. So finished my education, immediately got married uh, to a man I had barely known. I knew him for maybe 20 days before I got married. That's it. Complete stranger. And right from the onset, there was no love. There was absolutely no love. But I thought this was what marriages were supposed to be because that's what I've seen, you know, growing up around me. Interestingly, my parents had a beautiful love marriage. So I don't know why they wanted me to get into an arranged marriage. But hey, you never know. What can we do about it? So the wedding happened pretty quick and the marriage itself, I think I was very naive. I was about 21. And uh, for me, home was always Abu Dhabi. It was always UAE. I had done my engineering back home in India and I absolutely hated it because I just couldn't connect with the people there. I couldn't connect with my friends. I wouldn't go to uni the, the university most of the times. I would go back home and sit at home and say, I don't want to go. So I used to be that person who wanted to go back to Abu Dhabi somehow. And this particular marriage proposal that came, and this is how young and naive I was. I'm like, oh, guys, 
Abu Dhabi. That's my great chance to go there, go back there. <laughs> and I took it. Like that, can you imagine life's biggest decision? And I just took it based on the fact that I would be in familiar grounds. But to be fair, many, many marriages do work out. I think one of the main reasons that India still has, or many parts of Asia, I shouldn't say just India, many parts of India, uh, sorry, Asia has arranged marriages even now. It's because most of them do work. It's not that every single marriage goes down, you know, goes south. But in my case, there was absolutely no love in the relationship. It was just supposed to be, I was just ticking off some some marks, some checkpoints that, and I was always a people pleaser and I loved my parents. Mm-hmm. And I obviously thought that they wanted the best for me, which they did. And I just went with the flow. It was an abusive marriage right from the start. And I started, yes. And for me, I found happiness. I started working and I just absolutely started finding happiness in my work. And you have to understand that's when I really found my wings and I found independence in my career. The thing was, from the age of 13, I used to be a host. I used to be on stage. I used to do TV shows. But I never, I think at some point, I really did want to also be a broadcast journalist. There were so many things that I wanted to be in because I loved playing with my boys. I loved being on TV, on mostly on radio more than television. On stage, I loved being on stage and hosting shows and everything. So when I came back to Abu Dhabi, I started with that and then I got a great job. So I started slowly juggling two careers, corporate job in the morning and, you know, emceeing and presenting job in the evenings. Yeah, my career just started soaring and my marriage didn't. And long story short, had two girls, um, very abusive marriage. But after I had my second child, I just realized enough is enough because there's a certain strength that comes that comes to you when you become a mother. When yes. you, yeah. yeah, I think. But at the same time, I think there's also a bit of a fear also that creeps in when you become a mother. Like in the sense, many people refuse to take that next step to move out of a marriage because they worry for their kids and for their future, or what would people think, or how will I be able to manage my kids without you know two parents being in the in the family to take care of them. It gave me the opposite confidence because not only was it an abusive marriage for me, my kids were also being abused. And that's when, as a mother, you know, that ferociousness of a mom just comes in and I'm like, enough is enough. I cannot let this happen because if I continue and stay in that marriage, what am I teaching my children that it's okay to be treated this way? 10, 15 years down the lane, they're going to let someone else, a woman or a man, treat them the same way. And I cannot, I cannot sit there, sit them down at that time and say, oh, you have to walk out. What if they turn, out, turn back and like, well, what, mom, look at you. You never walked out. So I think that gave me the courage to walk out. I was, I was working at that time. My career, I had to start from scratch again because at that time when I decided to walk out of my marriage, I was at the peak of my career. And my husband, first of all, he refused to give me a divorce. Secondly, in in UAE, you're still bound by, well, up until recently, you are bound by visas. So you have to, in spite of me being born there, in spite of my kids being born there, 
you always have to have a visa and it's always a two year visa and my kids were under his visa and they decided he decided because that was his only trump card so he decided that he's not going to give them the no objection certificate to continue to live in that country so i had to make a choice i had to take my kids leave my career and go back to india because that was the only other place that could that i could go and live without a visa or any other restrictions i had to go back to my homeland where i had never lived start from scratch with two kids of course my family was very protect a very very uh, helpful supportive start from scratch and then work my way up get myself a job back in abu dhabi go back continue my career up until one point i decided because i was being stretched stretched being the same thing i was doing my corporate career in the morning and the evenings were emceeing and events but this time i had the responsibility of two kids also and i just couldn't handle all of them like and one fine morning i decided you know what i'm in my mid 30s and if i have to take a risk now this is the best time for me to take a risk and pursue my interest pursue my career start something of my own and there's where my entrepreneur journey started i love that i love it so much i think it's so important for women to hear like i think it's very easy for us as people with a platform and an audience to hide behind the success we have now be like yeah you know this is what we do i'm i love what i do i'm an entrepreneur i'm a business owner i'm all of these things but there's so much more to it you're a survivor you're you know a single mom you and you know pulling back that curtain and really becoming vulnerable in that i think is so incredible i think it it allows you to use your platform not only to build a life for yourself and and a life for your daughters but also inspire other women so that they know whether you're in an abusive relationship or you know any of those types of obstacles they can do it because you did it right absolutely that's so good i actually left i got married shortly before i turned 21 the first time and yeah. he was not he was not physically abusive but i left him because i didn't want to have children with him so i understand to a very different degree and how difficult that that must have been like my divorce was hard enough and he didn't fight me on it so i commend you for doing it starting over and and doing it with two girls that's incredible okay so now that we know who you are where you come from tell us about you're now an entrepreneur mm-hmm. tell us how that started what you do and and what you you know love doing and how you made it happen okay so There came a point in my life where I felt like I needed more because I like I said I was being stretched and came to a point where my mornings, nights, weekdays, weekends were all just melted into one. I just did not have time for myself. 
And I remember one day I just got up and I said, I quit my career, my, my corporate career. It was amazing. It was a great job. And I, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. I absolutely loved it. But I had to sit down and really analyze and see where do I want to be. It's either the corporate career and then just pursue that and, you know, just only focus on that. Because I don't want to, it, that's also another fear. One, being a single mom. And second, I guess we are brought up a lot to believe that you need that stable job, which will always give you that salary at the end of the month, that comfort mm-hmm. cushion. So I just decided it's either that comfort cushion or the being vulnerable to the fact that you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you're going to love the fact, you're going to wake up every single day and work towards making your life and your um, your future the best that you can think because you're not bound by anyone or you're not working and striving hard for someone else's dream. You're fueling your own dream. And at that time, when I was thinking this, I was obviously sitting down with my close friends, my family. Family obviously said no right from the beginning because they are all man in life in my family there was just there's just an uncle whom he is a hustler and no one in my family likes him because he's a hustler because <laughs> they feel that he's too much he lives in his own world like how can you be successful if you're not having a stable job like they don't look up at him though he's very successful but that's just that's just how funny it is so then I remember sitting with a couple of my really close friends and I wanted to start uh, an online radio that's because I I love playing with my voice and I always wanted to be a radio host but that never really happened so television has happened a lot radio not much so I I'm like you know what there's so many people and it stemmed from the fact that I did try to apply to many radio stations and they all would say that I don't have a broadcast journalism degree. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. I can speak better. I know what to do. Like Sometimes degree is not what that matters. It's just the experience that you come with. But I just didn't because they say that you don't have experience. I did really try a lot. So I sat down and I'm like, you know what? There might be many people like me who might be good at certain things, but they don't have a platform. So it all started with that. So I sat with my friend, my really good friend, and I told her about this. And she said, hey, you know what? Come with me. This is events company that I know. They come out with, they're not just your normal events company. They come out with, they're into production and events. So the concepts are theirs. The ideas are theirs. The kind of ideas they come out with is amazing. It wouldn't hurt to go and meet them. We went, met the people, met the partner of the company and something just clicked and we just connected out outside of that meeting. And one thing led to another. Before I knew it, I partnered with the company. I brought into, I bought in the shares of the company, partnered with the company. So in my defense, I partnered or went into a company which already was successful. However, that doesn't mean that, you know, it didn't have its own shares of you know, risks that I was taking because yes, it is an events company. Yes, it is doing its own ideas and concepts, but that also is very risky because it's not your regular events company that you see there, you know, which is there in the market. So started being with them and 
we were doing a couple of projects of our own and one fine morning last year 2019 we decided we have to expand so we were thinking about expanding we started an office in philippines started an office in india and we did a huge event we were planning to do this huge event called the my ride expo which is an expo for modified cars and bikes and we thought either india or philippines whichever happens faster we'll do there and it happened to be philippines and we arrived in philippines on november 1st 2019 and i actually came here for just 2 weeks i was supposed to be here for 2 weeks go back to uae keep coming back going back and that was supposed to be it unfortunately 2 weeks became 4 weeks 2 months 4 months and now here i am lockdown happened i couldn't travel back and here i am one year later in philippines trying to make this home and see how i can bring my kids here and settle down here for the next couple of years but i'm still managing to buy in philippines uh, india from here wow that is unbelievable that you mm-hmm. you've been like locked down in the philippines for almost a year yes well i can't and yeah imagine. and that's where my the book that i've just i just released the book about what 10 days back of course i know we will talk about that but the whole inspiration to write the book came while i was locked down here especially the first couple of weeks was so hard for me almost went into a depression because so when we arrived here we came with our entire team so me and my uh, filipino partner she's she's filipino but been in dubai like me all her life so we are three partners in the company so she and i came here to set up the company and do the project so initially like i said the plan was up and down two weeks keep doing it till the event that happens on jan end the if so initially it was either some meetings that i couldn't avoid or because they, we were trying to get myself get me into an investor visa here so there was something or the other which would stop me from going back home while my kids were there my parents are there of course with my girls and i missed christmas new year family birthdays I was here but at least I had my team around with me and I kept thinking during christmas I remember thinking oh, just one more month the event finishes in jan and I can fly out feb first week then one week before 10 days before the event was supposed to happen the volcano here erupted <laughs> a volcano which was dormant for almost 47 years decided to erupt at that time and all events were postponed so we had to postpone oh it Yeah we had to postpone it one month down so which was feb end and we're like oh okay fine feb end one more month powered through you're going home march first week or second week the event happened finished very successful we both partners decided to stay back for a couple of weeks more because we had to you know close accounts and everything our entire team who was with us we let them all go on their holidays we're like you know what you earned this go to your provinces go to wherever you want to go take two weeks break we are also going for a two week break then we come back regroup decide what our next project is going to be so my partner traveled out on the 13th of march oh my god and i was supposed to, i was supposed to travel on the 17th so we had this huge apartment that we had rented for a year for the project where the whole almost all the team like do play with all the team members staying here because it was more important that all of us were together to for the event rather than in different different places cost effective and time management and everything so everyone left 
my flight tickets were supposed to be on the 17th and on 15th morning international flights and airports were locked everything i just i was devastated i just couldn't believe the fact that i couldn't go back and i hated everyone and everything because i was like that's it everyone is with their families you know i am the only one stuck in a country that i don't know very well with people i don't know much no one in my house a big house me by myself and i think the first two weeks i i just went on a deep downward spiral and one fine day i just got up and i'm like i can't do this i mean who who am i you are not this person you're not the person who wakes up in the middle of you know middle of the day you're not the person who goes to sleep so late doesn't eat healthy like eat junk and just doesn't take care of herself don't call family i just i just went into and i i am considered as a positive person but clearly when life tests you that's when you you can preach all you want but when when it really hits you hard and hits you home is when you really understand how strong you were or you are ah so those two weeks were really difficult and then i had to pull myself and it's at that time that i decided to i started writing down my thoughts and all that and from that came beautiful book that i'm so happy that i launched finally 10 days back and it's called leveling up leveling up during a pandemic that's amazing i can't i can't even like begin to imagine being locked down in another new country yeah yes like another country i mean away from my fam i can't i don't think anyone is going to fault you for going into a depression for a couple of weeks yeah. like i <laughs> i can't i mean i i went into a depression for a couple of weeks and i was home <laughs> like, no but no i don't think anyone could could be blamed anyone can be blamed because this is no. unprecedented times no one yeah. knew what was happening yeah Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Man, I hope you get to go home soon. Let me just say that. <laughs> like my fingers are crossed for you. <laughs> Thank you. But now, you know what? This has really helped me to understand and and now I'm like, you know what? I've been here for so long. I sacrificed so much the past one year, not seeing my kids, not seeing my family. So, I'm starting two new projects here in Philippines. and i i want to i don't want to go back home and say yes i wasted 6 months of my life no i want to go back and say yes i did sacrifice all this but look at what i achieved so absolutely <laughs> most definitely i mean i think it's incredible that you're you're working on projects you're helping manage the company in another country while also mm-hmm. writing and launching this book so let's talk about the book talk to me about you know we kind of got the back story on on why you wrote it so talk to me about mm-hmm. you know more about why you wrote it how it came about what it's about and all of the all of those juicy details okay so the book is called leveling up during a pandemic and it's it's available on amazon it's an ebook for now we are right now as we speak i am in the process of recording an audiobook and um we are not thinking about a paperback for this year because 2020 is not the year for us to print books and send it across to people 
probably next year. Uh, so the book is how I went through, you know, how the lockdown happened, or the pandemic happened, it affected me, and how I went through downward spiral. Depression is too strong a word to use. I don't know if I was really in depression, but definitely in some form of it. And how 2020, one thing 2020 has taught me was that I am not too strong. I'm not as strong as I think to ask for help. Because finally, when I really realized that I was on a downward spiral, I had to leave my pride because I'm so used to doing things by myself, for myself, for my kids, for my family, that I have forgotten how to ask for help. And this year, I finally realized I need help. It started with my friends. It started with my family, my family members. I had to finally pick up the phone, call them and tell them I need help. I am struggling. I don't know what to do. I don't, I'm not motivated to get out of bed and I'm alone. I cried myself to sleep almost every day. I don't eat well. I don't sleep well. It was, I'm a mess. What do I do? I had to finally pull down the facade of who I thought I was and actually ask, reach out. And surprisingly, every person that I reached out to held my hand and guided me through. It was always my fear that I thought that I might not be, I always thought that, how can I ask for help? What if they won't help me? What if they reject me? You never know unless you actually ask. And that's what this year taught me. So from family and friends, I started reaching out to closer friends. Then I started reaching out to nine amazing influencers from different walks of life. So you have spirituality, business, creating their own brands, nutritionists, uh, environment warriors, physical trainers. So I reach out to nine amazing, incredible influencers whom I don't know, like except two of them, except two or three of them. The other six, I don't know. I just, I've just seen some posts of theirs. Just reached out to them and said, hey, I need help. I'm stuck. Will you be able to help me? Can you give me some advices? And they actually did. They guided me through. So I used to write down everything. And then I finally decided, let me, because it helped me to come out of what I was, where I was. And I knew that it would help lots of people, especially women who doubt themselves, who are don't know how to ask for help, who don't know where their life is, who feel they're stuck. I'm sure that this is going to help each and every one of them. Because while I was trying to help myself and better myself, I remember going online and trying to search for YouTube videos, look for books, trying to find something practical out there that I can do, like get up and do these things that I can do to help myself one step at a time from different fields, like different facets. Tomorrow I might want to learn something about creating, about just cooking a good, good meal. After that, I might want to learn about what kind of exercises I should do for my age. The next day I might want to know about spirituality or my mental health. Another day it should be my business. So I went on a journey of finding these nine people who really helped me from different walks of life. And I write that. So that's what the, my book is all about. It's about my journey and the help I received and how it's so practical that anyone can receive the same. That's so awesome. I, 
I resonate with that so much because I am ultra independent. I mm. rarely ask for help and it's, it's bit me in the tail more times than I care to admit. And I actually just started going back to therapy. I had my first session last week and you know, it's something that I'm not shy about. It's not something that I hide. I'm like, yep, I need help. I have yeah. crap that I need to unpack and I'm okay with that. And I'm going to do the things yeah. to unpack the crap, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's, it's so, it's so good to hear someone else reach out to the people who love you and care for you and want to see you succeed and live a happy life. And letting them know that mm, I'm not doing so hot right now and really getting that support system and them not being fooled by, you know, a facade, like you said, you know, that we, that we tend to put up when we are dealing with, with people who, who love, who love us. I think, I think we can be very vulnerable with the people who love us most I also think that we are tempted so often, especially as moms and especially as women to be like, nope, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm taking care of the thing. I'm doing the business. I'm, you know, I'm taking care of the kids. I'm writing the book. I've got this. Yeah. And as women, like, um, so I host a show. I used to host a show. Now I'm going to, I used to host a show called Women of Arabia in back home in Abu Dhabi in Dubai. I am going to host something called Women of Asia here in Philippines soon. So this is a story of women entrepreneurs, women in business, women in high positions who's got, because I believe all women or people in general have a story to say, but women mostly, Mm -hmm. I have found that they endure a bit more than, more than their share and also most women, at least 80% of the women I've come across, have a problem asking for help. Especially the more independent they are, the more problem they have, the more of an issue they have to ask for help because they just feel like, oh, what if they feel that I'm not as strong as I think I am? And I remember one of the influencers had mentioned in my book that you should always talk to yourself with lots of positivity, lots of kindness. Uh, He's a physical trainer. And he said, remember this and keep it in mind the next time you step in front of the, step on top of a scale. If you step on on the scale with baggage, the number on the scale is always too heavy. Mm. So be very mindful and careful about what you talk to yourself. It's okay, I mean... It's all right to ask for help. It's okay if you're not strong. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to have it all together. It doesn't matter. No one does. Right. You know, it's so interesting that you brought up the number on the scale because, okay, I'm getting vulnerable here for a second. So one of the biggest reasons that I am going back to therapy is because I am about 70 pounds from where I really know that I'm happy. Like I'm happy Mm. with how I look and how I feel, all of those things. And I have really struggled the last two, three years to make a commitment to getting healthy. Now, 
I'm back to riding my horse. I'm growing a successful business. I'm raising my toddler. I have an incredible marriage. I know all of these things and I'm so grateful for all of these things. But when I can't, when it comes to my health, I have this like block and I knew that in order to lose the weight, I have to like dig deep into what mental and emotional baggage am I dealing with that is causing this block to happen. So it's amazing that you said that because that's, (laughs) that's, it's so it's so true. Whether you, regardless of if you're talking about weight loss or or a block of, you know, maybe you're dealing with the block in your business and you don't know how to get to the next level, you have to unpack that baggage yeah. and work through it, do the work, cry, figure out what's going on to get to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, what, what you said is right. For you, it might be weight. For someone else, it might be finances. For someone else, mm-hmm. it might be uh, their business crashing, their marriage crashing. It's always the baggages, like he mentioned, the baggages that we have, the the things that we have over the years, you know, just absorbed into our system and have shaped us into who, who we've become. We keep shedding. The more we keep shedding those things, the pounds will will melt. And I have someone, one of my very close friends, who lost like, I think 40 pounds or something, 40 pounds recently. And the only thing when I, because everyone is asking her, how did she do it? And she's like, I just worked a lot on my emotional baggage. Mm. That's it. I am not eating different. I'm not working because I know she doesn't work out or anything. I know it. And the same way, I mean, in her case, I know it. It's not that when you see someone else and say, oh, they're saying, or oh, they're lying. I'm sure she's doing, she's done something to herself. Or I'm sure. <laughs> like, no, I know for a fact, I know how lazy she is. I know it because I speak to her on a regular basis. She's my closest friend. But it's just that she did a lot of work. She was going through a very bad marriage. She was going through her own, you know, childhood traumas. She unpacked a lot of those things. And in the same way, if someone feels that, you know how we say that, Oh, we have we attract the same kind of relationships. You attract the same kind of relationships because you have to, you cannot keep attracting the same kind of relationships and expect different results. You have to keep working on yourself to make sure and understand why you keep attracting the same kind of man or woman into your life. And only then you understand it can you attract someone better because you have to change. I love that. I also, can I just say real quick, it's kind of like a side note, but I love that every time you are talking about a relationship, you always say man or woman. Like, (laughs) I think that's, I think that's so good. I, it's so important to me and it's not something that I've talked a lot about on the podcast before, but it's so important to, to have that inclusivity conversation. So I know. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm very, very mindful of that with my girls. I have to make sure, and especially now that they're teenagers, you know, you have to make sure that they understand it. Yes. That's, uh, I just, I'm going to cry. I feel like Aww. you are just, <laughs> I, I, do this, I make people cry. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I mean, let's just face it. That's what a good emotional host does is they connect with people and like they pull on those heartstrings and you're you're killing it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. 
So talk to me, we have, so you have all nine of these influencers in the book as well. Do you like highlight them or how does that work? Yes. So we start with the first influencer. We have her Instagram profile there, what they do, and then our a transcript of what happened between some of them were phone calls. We just made it that way, like a conversation between me and them, me asking questions and they guiding me through. And at the end, I have my two daughters because I needed teenagers perspective of how they are. And both my girls are like chalk and cheese. Like if one likes a food, I can be rest assured that the other one hates it. That's how it is. Like there is no way the both of them would say, oh, mom, we like this. Like it's impossible. It's never happened. So I had both of them write a page each on what they went through because as kids, youngsters, they we we never did give credit. I think many people didn't give credit for young young adults, teenagers, the tweens. They went through an amazing transition because for them, their whole life changed, especially for my older daughter, because she was supposed to be in her year, year 11, grade 10. And they were, her GCSEs were due. And there was a bunch of very close girls who were together from grade four onwards. And all of them are like considered as the most studious batch that that particular batch was very famous in their school. Because from grade four, they all were working towards this, sorry, from grade six, they were working towards this grade 10. They were so, I don't know, competitive, but at the same time, they were supposed to bring home the marks, you know, they were working on it and they didn't even have an exam. They didn't even get to say goodbye. Many of them moved out because right after grade 10, after your GCSEs, many moved there, you know, they go their own ways, many of them. This close bunch of girls who were together from grade four never actually got to have a proper farewell, never really got to see each other. And that whole bunch as they knew it doesn't exist anymore because so many of them have moved out. And Yet, they were not allowed to, in many cases, many kids were not even allowed to complain or feel bad because we adults were going through our own coping mechanisms. And if someone dare come and tell us that, oh, mom, but we are also going through something. And they're like, what do you know about life? Just because they went through a lot. So I also had their perspective in the book. And yeah, so it's about, and it's got a little bit of magical touch to it because I love magic. So I've, I've tried to incorporate a lot of things. I've been receiving some amazing reviews and I can't wait for more people to read the book and I share my, what helped me. I love that. Can you talk about the magic piece of that? <laughs> right. and if, and if, you want to, if you want to if you want to leave it for the readers that is totally fine we, absolutely then we hey y'all we will link this book in the show notes so go to amazon grab your copy support another woman business owner because i think that is so important yeah so we'll um, i have it's actually totally placed i've actually we've actually placed the book pretty affordable it's less than three dollars And the reason why we did it was because I wanted to make sure that, you know, as many people get a chance to read the book as possible. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Are there any 
parting words that you would like to leave our audience before we dive into the last three questions to wrap us up? Uh, I think all I want to say is that this year has been extremely difficult for, I think, majority of people. And it's it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's It's not just you. Don't second guess yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Everyone is feeling it. This year is not the year for you to, you know, think that you haven't reached your goals. As long as you're fine, everyone is healthy. I think you should just count your blessings and just continue to take life as it comes. And most importantly, so this year has taught us, 2020 has taught us that, you know, with everything that happened, it's been hard for most of the people. And one most important takeaway that I had was, we're all social beings at the end of the day. We need people. Like, What good is the designer bag and your mansion and your great car going to do if you don't share it? So check in on your family, check in on people around you. Many of them are not okay. If you can be that beacon of hope for someone else, and you never know how you would inspire someone. Many, many people might be afraid to ask for help. Reach out to people you know. And you never know, you might be changing their life for the best. That's so good. I love that. Okay. So I always like to wrap up my interviews with three questions. And the first one is, what is your favorite business tool? Trello. Have you used Trello? I have used Trello. Yeah, I just feel like it's um, from a shopping list (laughs) To probably large project management uh, tasks lists, I use it. My team uses it. It is pretty affordable for, I think, um, they have a free version, which you can use to try it out. It's it's still very effective. But if you take their pro version, it's just amazing. You can put in as many team members, different tasks. I just find it's one of the best project management tools out there. I love it. I use Trello for the first two years of my business, and it is definitely a a really good tool. It is, right? Because from all the project management tools out there, I I think, I don't know, for some reason, I've always been. Also, another um, another tool that I really absolutely love is Canva for my marketing team. They use Canva a lot, and that's something which I think anyone can become a designer now, thanks to Canva. (laughs) And I absolutely love that. Like, even people like me who I'm not, I don't consider myself a very creative person, but I have, I may have whipped up a poster or two, thanks to Canva. (laughs) So I guess I like Canva a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I use Canva quite a bit in my business. Mm, Yeah. All right. So question number two, what is your favorite quote? And it looks like from the answer that you put on our lead form (laughs) that you have your quote fanatic like I am. So that makes me super happy. I have so many, so many quotes, but it's so difficult to choose one. However, I think I'll go with, uh, oh my God, how do we pronounce his name? Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh. He has said, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. And I 100% believe that because at the end, whatever we want to do in life, whatever it is, it's just because I believe that you all want to be happy in some way or the other. Like the bottom line is because you want to be happy. 
whether it is to become the best dancer in the world or to become the best mom in the world. It's just that happiness you get from this. So I think, and people just strive so hard. They keep thinking that, oh, if I get that right relationship, I will be happy. If I become a mother, I will be happy. But the truth is, there is no way to happiness. Like you can have everything you want and yet not be happy. It's just that happiness is the way. I just absolutely love that. That's so good. I I think it's so important to have a positive mindset as much as you possibly can. And I know there's a lot of talk these days about toxic positivity. That is not the type of positivity we're talking about here. But I do think it's really important to focus on even the most simple things to be grateful for, even if you're having a rough time of it. Because yeah, I think, I don't know that anyone is coming out of 2020 unscathed. Exactly. No. I, and also there was this, um, interestingly, I remember when I was going through my, you know, the whole depression journey and trying to get myself out of it. I remember watching a YouTube video. I think it was Abraham Hicks where she talks or the guy who was on the table, on the chair, hot chair, as they call it, tell her that uh, what I decided to do is I made a calendar for 30 days, a calendar where I decided 10 things that I would find happiness in. And I would find a time to do those things every single day. So for basically, basically it can be something as simple as petting your cat. But we, we don't have time for doing simple things like that, you know, because we're so busy with, I don't know what we're busy with, but we're very busy, all of us. It's kind of become like a, a fashion statement, oh, very busy. But finding joy in just going for a walk or walking, standing outside in the garden barefoot. These are all small joys that you can find or happiness that you can find. So I was telling this to a friend of mine and I was saying, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put up this, I printed this calendar and I said, I'm going to find 10 things that I can do. So I love to ride, horse ride. Unfortunately, I know, I know when you said that, I wanted to jump and say, oh, me too. But ever since I've come here to Philippines, I haven't had a chance to do that because we don't have an equestrian center here. And then I love to drive. I am. A, I love driving. I can. I can forget anything if I'm behind the steering wheels. I can just drive my worries away. Again, ever since I've been in Philippines, I've not. I haven't had the chance to drive. So most of the things that I technically love to do or find happiness in, I couldn't find it here. So it had to be little things like, oh, eating a fruit today, or you know, doing a night care routine to my face, a mask, or watching a tv series or something and i remember my friend telling me you're missing the point the point is not to do something to make you happy but to do something with happiness so tomorrow when you're eating that fruit be happy about the fact that you're eating the fruit don't eat the fruit so that it will give you happiness right yeah so that's the difference and many people miss that i guess including me <laughs> uh, we all have our own lessons to learn. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. <laughs> okay. So, my last yeah. question is if you and I were to go grab a drink, what would we have and where would we go? And that was if I was coming to visit you in the Philippines. In the Philippines. Okay. I'm new here in the Philippines. So, <laughs> I don't know much, but drink. I love. Can we, can we do an alcoholic drink and non-alcoholic? Yes, let's do it. Okay, all right. 
So if it is non-alcoholic, I am as boring as it could be. It's either an Earl Grey tea or it's black coffee. And that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. That's how boring I am. Unless it's holiday time and, you know, all these Starbucks and Tim Hortons, they come out with these holiday drinks like the peppermint Mm -hmm. coffees and probably the English toffees and all that. If not, I love Bellini straw. So a peach Bellini is my drink to go. So I would probably be inviting you for a Bellini at Wildflower here in the Philippines. Okay, well, I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to go to the Philippines to get a you, Bellini. You have to. You have to get on a flight and come here and have the Bellini here. <laughs> That's so good. Thank you so, so much for coming on, DG. It was so good to hear your story and the inspiration for your book. I am going to go grab my copy as soon as we log off of here and read everything that you have to say. Thank you so much. Oh, it means a lot. First of all, that you had me on the show and it was amazing to talk to you. Just great to connect. Yeah, same here. We will see you next week, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.